Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, 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 cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, there's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison, beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you, July 19th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen, intern Jacob on your Tuesday morning. Hope everybody's having a good start to their day. Their week's off to a good start. If you didn't know any better, though, if it is a good start or a bad start, you, you got to get angry, and you got to get angry, and you got to get mad. Ah. SEC list and rankings and QB rankings and coaching rankings and team rankings and predictions of finish, and it's it's talking season, Roush, and you got day mm-hmm. one of it down in Atlanta at SEC Media Days, and UK fans are not happy. Mm, love talking season. It's great. It gets, uh, gets people fired up in the doldrums of summer, so we're rocking, we're rolling, Kentucky's not getting any respect, but they are by some. It's just, you know, you got to you gotta work to find on each side, whether you want to be mad or happy. Uh, Tim Tebow, big Will Levis fan. Uh, he had him as his second-ranked quarterback in the SEC, only behind Bryce Young. But some people be like, oh, well, that's just Tebow. And, and so, like, it, it's fun. You, get, you can cherry-pick which one of your graphics, your rankings people – that you want to follow along with. And um, the the one that I'm most, the, the one that made me the happiest was from uh, our guy, SEC Mike. TJ, I, I, have you ever had any interactions with SEC Mike? I've not, but I, I know that you you podcast with him. Yeah, I, I'll go on his show every once in a while, and, and we're friendly. He is, uh, I mean, he, he, he branded himself great. By going as SEC Mike, he has uh, his own podcast. He previously worked with Saturday Down South. Um, but his quarterback rankings, I don't know what it was. And I, he put them out a while ago. Uh, but I, I, I don't know what it is about him that have just popped more than other people. Because a lot of people are you, – you're the, the two big topics down here, TJ, are who's the second best team in each division and who's – who are the best quarterbacks? Like those are the ones where the list will vary wildly, and for whatever reason, his really ticked off Vince Merrow. It really did, yeah, <laughs> it uh, it did. And the big dog had a tweet for it. And we're going to talk about 
All those things today. Get your text into the Thornton's text line and check out a Thornton's to start your Tuesday. It'll make any day better. Donuts, delicious, fresh, hot breakfast sandwiches that are made on the hour, I believe. At least it has the little hour thing next to it when it's made. Good selection there. And then the fresh fruit. It's tops. Anytime I'm out of fruit in the house, no need to go to a big convenience store, park far away in a parking lot, have to walk. Uh, search out what you're looking for, go through, sort, like uh, this one has bruises on it, this one's already starting to mold a little bit or whatever it may be. Not at Thornton's. They do that already for you. They've already picked the freshest fruit. They've already gotten the best things. It's there. It's waiting for you at Thornton's. And uh, shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. Download that Thornton's app and win $10,000 in the summer cash bash contest. Somebody's got to win. Could very well, possibly, and potentially be you. Speaking of it could be you, Intern Jacob was part of a cool thing last night, uh, witnessed a, I don't know, I don't think you saw it in person, but was at working his golf course job when somebody there hit a hole-in-one. Woo-hoo! Nice. Yeah, uh, good for him, but he made me stay about an hour later than I should have because he won $10,000. Yeah, he won money, too? It wasn't just buying the, the, the whole place around? Oh, yeah, so um, it was a men, it's men's league last night. And they have like a hole in one pot, and every year someone doesn't get a hole in one, it carries over. So it's been a few years now, and it was up to like ten five. Man, that would be that would be insane. Not just hitting a hole. I, I would pay thousands of dollars if I could guarantee somehow I'd hit a hole in one. It'd have to be like in this hypothetical or ran- it wouldn't be like, hey, pay $5,000 and you'll hit a hole in one on this shot. Then I would think there's some like black magic voodoo juju going on or something like that. But if they said like, hey, you pay $4,000 at some point in the next year, well, you're going to get a hole in one. You don't know when, you don't know where, but you're going to, it's going to happen. I'd probably do that. I'd, I'd happily do that. But the idea of getting $10,000 for hitting a hole in one, that would just make an best of life experience already better somehow uh, that would be awesome did you get tipped by a guy who just won ten thousand dollars jacob oh no not me bar people probably did but i didn't so what were you doing if you weren't working the bar and you had to stay late i, I had so our course has uh member carts and i have to shut the barns every night so when they stay down and drink they keep their carts down there, and then they drive them up when they're done. And you, you couldn't hit them with the, hey, fellas, let's go drop our clubs off and bring me your carts so I can get out of here. No, I don't take their carts. They take their carts. I would have came and said, we're, we're doing a valet service tonight. We're taking your carts for you back up to the <laughs> barn. See you later. <laughs> then I would, I, I would, it's like a pretty far walk back. You got a buddy with you. I, I had, no one else was there with me. I well, sent the cart kid home after all of our carts are in. Uh, that sounds like that's on you then. Or you could get a good exercise. Either one, but I'm sure it was a jovial mood. And now I'm just picturing like this big party going inside a bar and Jacob's like off 50 yards at like a bar and watching through the windows. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Seems like a, a, a memorable Monday night, if nothing else. Scoots, how are you, buddy? 
I'm good. Well rested. I went. To, I think I went to bed at like 9:45 last night. That was pretty cool. Haven't done that in quite some time. But it was because of the home run derby. Did anybody watch that? My yeah, God! Yeah, what you we turned it off? Did you at least watch Al Swinger sick? No, I I freaking watched the first round and I looked at the clock and it was 9:40. I was like, this is ridiculous. I am not committing to the rest of this home run derby. Yeah, but well, I, the rest of it, the rest round. of it went by very fast. Did it? Okay. Yeah. The first yeah, round yeah, was, was, was cool. It was yeah, cool. I think they need to just make all the rounds two-minute time periods if they're going to do the extra minute bonus for exactly. hitting homers. Uh, it's a long time. But I, my buddies and I, like there's five of us, we just made like a little home run derby bracket challenge. I won. No big deal. Nice. Only, only missed two. Uh, I had I didn't have Pujols winning, so that was one of the ones that I missed. Nobody then, had Pujols winning. Uh, my but one of my buddies did. He's a big Cardinals fan. He had Pujols winning at all. So like if Pujols would have won at all, he would have won. Uh, but I, I had Soto beating Rodriguez. So I was uh, nice. I was on the money. That I was the final. I would actually bet like against you know casino, not just like a little ten dollar twenty dollar fun thing with my friends. But uh, yeah, so I watched it as well. I was flipping back and forth between that. And then DeAndre Liggins is playing in the basketball tournament. Roush, I looked up like three different articles about cats in the TBT. You can catch so-and-so on this team and so-and-so on this team. And I know it's hard because you don't really know. Like these teams are getting probably soft commitments from some of these guys based on their professional schedule overseas and stuff like that. But nobody had DeAndre Liggins playing in this bad boy. So that was a pleasant surprise to see his name pop up yesterday. I watched some of his game. He's the man still. He's the best. His team won, so they'll survive in advance. And in classic DeAndre Liggins fashion, in a similar spot to the three he hit against North Carolina in 2011, he drained the game-clinching, Elam-ending three, mm, and nice. moves on. But he was, yeah, he's the man. I could watch that guy play basketball as long as he wants to play. I don't get an opportunity to do so with him playing in Thailand all that often, but him in the basketball tournament. So I watched a little bit of that last night. And then all the Better Call Saul people, a.k.a. like the writers and the actors and actresses and stuff like that, they all said last night's Better Call Saul is you, you got to see it. You got to watch it. Don't, if you don't watch it live, turn off your, your phone for spoilers. B.S. I stayed up late watching that for probably the worst episode this season, if you ask me. <laughs> It kind of ticked me off. The season's been amazing. My expectations were pretty high, but it was a, it was a, it wasn't an action episode. It was a context content episode, and uh, oh well. But maybe next week will be good. Maybe, no, maybe. Don't, don't do the. Oh, you need to stay up for this one. Don't, don't turn off your alerts. You don't want any spoilers with what's about to happen tonight. No, nothing happened. That's a prequel for Breaking Bad, right? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, sorry. I had to do the prequel sequel thing in my head real quick. But yes, <laughs> you, you you are right. If you like Breaking Bad, I can guarantee you would like Better Call Saul. You can make a case that Better Call Saul is potentially better. I still lean Breaking Bad. But this season of Better Call Saul, I think, has been better than any one season of Breaking Bad, which I never thought I'd probably say. But uh, it's true. It's a, it's a heck of a show. So just not last night's episode. This is okay. So it was just kind of boring. It was one I definitely could have watched today at like 6 p.m. <laughs> I, I just, uh, Justin, so you watched 
Albert Pujols turned back the clock, and then you still were like, oh, I'm good. I'm going to go to sleep. I did, yeah. Mostly because I was disappointed. Kyle Schwarber was my pick, him being a Hoosier. I was just – I can't (laughs) believe he couldn't beat the old man. Like, wow. But that was a a really, really cool moment uh, in in home run derby history. I I was glad I saw that. How bad did he get beat by Rodriguez is my question. Um, It wasn't as bad as it could have been. Well, he only – I think Pujols went first. So, mm-hmm. like, once Rodriguez beat him, it was mm-hmm. it was over. But Rodriguez, Rodriguez first had, round, shoo. He had to go to the extra swings, though, to be able to beat him. Um, really? Oh, did he? Yeah, it was he, – he had to hit, you know, three or four home runs in that extra one minute to beat him. But, but it was really cool because, like, there at the beginning, Pujols, his first minute, I think he hit one home run. He already takes a timeout and we're like, oh no, they're just <laughs> they're just letting the, the the puppy play with his toy one more time before they go take him to the vet to put to the farm to put him down. Like it it was it was rough, and then to see him get hot like that 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 was cool. That was cool because he's one of the last players that I watched when I cared about baseball. Um, like the Rodriguez guy, that was the first time I'd ever heard his name last night. N- new to me. Um, that this guy was awesome, and he was. He was just ripping balls over the left field fence. But to see Albert Pujols, that that signature swing, it's not as upright as it once was, but it's still smooth as hell. Dude has almost hit 700 home runs in his career, an absolute legend. Really cool to see him uh, get hot and then and then take out one of the young pups and, and get one more kind of all-star weekend uh, victory lap under his belt. It's not as upright, but still smooth as hell. Yeah, he used Great to hold analysis. his mm-hmm. – um, and it was mostly – I would know all these guys' swings just from playing video games. But his hands, he would place them almost at a 90-degree angle up behind, like, his ear, and he would move them up and down before it was time to swing. Uh, I, the, the hand placement, a little bit different, not as far back as it was. A little bit shorter swing, I should say. Got to tighten that thing up in old age. Here's a fun thing about the Home Run Derby last night. Uh, had Julio Rodriguez beaten Juan Soto, he would have been the youngest home run derby champion ever by about two years and some change. Mm-hmm. Juan Soto, the second youngest home run derby champion, and if they had played it on Sunday night, he would have been the youngest. Missed it by a day. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Wow. By a day, that's crazy. One, that one, crazy. one freaking day, but uh, the home—they've they've got a, a nice little thing going here with the home run derby. Uh, again, I'd make that first round the same length as the championship round, and just make it two minutes. And then, if you want to do the little bonus four hundred and forty foot home run thing, that's fine. Also, don't think the bonus should be like a minute; it should be like thirty seconds. Um, if you get that extra time, it should just be kind of short. But it was at least something fun to watch. And then between that and the basketball tournament, and we'll get the actual all-star game tonight. And will be all-star game. I've said it, you've heard me say it before, but it, it was the absolute GOAT, probably still the best all-star game because you don't have any competition, uh, realistic competition. But they need to go back to having it mean something, playing for home field advantage in the World Series. But, Justin, did you see how they're going to break a tie if after nine innings the National and American Leagues have the same score? Yes, I was getting ready to bring that up. So I'm glad you did. I am stoked about that. Now all we have to do is sit back and hope for a tie because that's going to be awesome. 
Well, we're probably not going to get a tie, but someday we probably will. And it'll right. be cool when we do because Roush to end a tie, they're going to a home run derby off. <laughs> oh, I love it. That You know what? All-star games should be as gimmicky as possible. Like if you if you get a, a, a room full of middle schoolers together and they're they're playing their version of the all-star game, what would their rules be? How how would a kid decide a tiebreaker, home run derby, perfect solution? I love it. I love it. Uh, who who wouldn't like it? Uh, it's a good way to end a meaningless game, and it could make for some good drama if it came to that. But, again, you'd have to get to a tie after nine innings to get there. If that happens this year, which, by the way, there's going to be three players on each team, they get three swings. So they can take as many pitches as they want, but they get three swings. But if it does happen, I'm leaning NL. They've got Acuna and Kyle Schwarber. Can't remember who their third one is, but I don't even know. Oh, it's Gold. Uh, uh, Pete Alonzo. So if they tie, NL's winning. Book it. Well, who's the? Are you? Can you grace us with the American? Don't care. I, I no mean, I, 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 I don't Ta- care. Ty Friend, Julio Rodriguez, Kyle Tucker. Yeah. No. J Rod. NL all day. Do you Shohei, want me to work up or Jacob? What do you got? Shohei, Aaron Judge, uh, uh, Mike Trout. Yeah, but that's not the three that they selected, Jacob. They've already selected their three, and it's not oh, good compared stupid. to NL. Why would you yeah. select them before the game? Huh. You got to get those guys in the right mindset so they know. Just in case it's tied, you, yeah. you boys better get ready to rock and roll. Does it bother you that Julio Rodriguez hit like 81 home runs and Soto hit significantly less, but Soto's the home run derby champion? I see. I see a lot of takes on that. No, not at all. It he did what to, he had to do to win the round, so. Yeah, it used to bother me a lot more during the old format when it was outs. Now it's a time limit thing, so, like, everybody's swinging the bat the same amount of time. And like Justin said, you just got to hit enough to win. So well, it, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. Also, with the way the formatting is now, Soto, he took on, what, Acuna in the first round? Acuna only hit, what, 10 homers? So Soto got stopped after he got to 11. So, I mean, that's cutting off homers right there. I don't know how much time was left, but with the new formatting, yeah, no, that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, it's not like they don't know the rules going into it, and you could hit 100 home runs in your first round. It will be meaningless for the second and third. Uh, a little of that could potentially be an endurance sort of thing. You know, save them when you need them. But, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't bother me either. I was just wondering, as we put a bow on the home run derby for Monday night and then the All-Star game tonight – Taking the American League, obviously, have to. Doesn't the Amer- didn't the American League, maybe it's still ongoing, have like a one, like 18 out of the last 21 or something like that? There was something silly for a long time. Yeah, uh, DJ, I, I definitely I, think of something. I, I, like I have no idea. This it's yeah, like same. this, these are the things that I just don't care about. Like all-star game. I might like it'll be on the background at the the little hospitality event they'll have tonight. And I'll like turn my head and watch people swing, but I just, I just, I, you cannot get me to care about an all star game filled with a bunch of players that I don't know. Like base, baseball is a regional sport. So, yeah, good luck trying to get me to care. Yeah, I wasn't trying to get you to care. I was just wondering if everybody knew that like the AL had won a lot of games in a row. Not a, not yeah. a caring sort of thing, just a general kind of knowledge sort of thing about sports. But no, so you, so you don't know? If no, because I don't care. Like, I don't care to learn things about that I don't care about. That's not like sure. a trivia fact, you know. That I, Okay, so that everything you do know something about, you do care about, just to be clear? Yeah, just a little bit, yeah. Okay. 
yeah. well, I'll, I'll I'll remember that. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll see uh, if that gets you later on because I'm guessing it probably will. Get your text mm-hmm. into the Thornton Sex Line five zero girls ready four one four fourteen fifty five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Let's take our first break. We'll come back and then we'll get into SEC media days. People are outraged. People have things to say. There was some conference realignment talk. We're going to let Roush kind of take the wheel here and see where he wants to take us on day one in Atlanta, Tuesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, and Turn Jacob. We'll be back after this. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Can I see your license, sir? What? Your license. Where's your license? It's on the bumper, man, back there, man. No, I mean your driver's license. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I got my driver's license, man. With Walker and Roush. <laughs> it just sounded so real funny, man. Hey, your mama. <laughs> Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big oh, Radio, wow. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, intern Jacob here on your Tuesday morning. Appreciate you spending it with us. That's right. It's Tuesday, Taco Tuesday at Salsaritas. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. It's Queso Month. Download that Salsaritas app. They're giving away stuff every single day, it seems like. And you'll save money when you scan that app at checkout. If you don't save money on that purchase, it probably means you're building up some coin and some bank to save money on your next purchase at Salsaritas. But they're always giving away $2 off, $3 off, free chips or whatever it may be. It's fun. It's a mystery. Download the Salsaritas app. But most importantly, get yourself some tacos on Taco Tuesday, whether it's at the St. Matthews location off Hubbard's, right uh, near the railroad track there, or... The one in Middletown, out Shelbyville Road, and you have a drive-through. Good times. Good times. That's all Sarita's. Uh, Roush had a good time down in Atlanta with SEC Media Day. There's a lot to talk about, a lot going on. And, Roush, I'm just going to give you the keys to the car, and you can just tell us what's most important because there's there's like six different storylines you could you could decide to go. We already kind of touched on one, as mm-hmm. you like, but – we can uh, go wherever you want to take us, buddy. I'll just go back to that one since that's kind of where we started. Um, but uh, <laughs> SEC Mike, he, he he releases quarterback rankings. He has Will Levis seventh behind Rattler, Rogers, Richardson, Hooker, Jefferson, and Young. And um, I I don't know how Vince just came upon it yesterday. Um, it may, maybe he was doing some sort of hit on some sort of station. I don't know what it was, but. Vince says, I, I have to laugh at some of these SEC reporters. Will Levis is a good quarterback. Did you ever think uh, at SEC, Mike, that maybe he wants to be a top 10 pick or maybe work on his craft a little more? I really appreciate you saying he will finish in fifth place. LOL, you're real funny, bro. So that's SEC Mike, that guy? Michael Bratton, yeah. Okay, I just saw the different Twitter accounts and was like, I think that's the same person, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, yeah, he it's that's his handle, but um, he he, I don't, it's weird. Uh, either either way, that that's who it is, and it was it was just funny because 
it, it felt seemingly out of the blue um, because there there's some other ways like he could have taken a pot shot at Jordan Rogers, who isn't he he has spent his first day. I've only seen him a few, like I saw him on with a fine bomb yesterday, and he's he's very much a UK doubter this year. Now that Will Levis or excuse me, Wandell Robinson and Liam Cohen are gone, he's like, well, I mean, how much can Will Levis get done without? I mean, we saw what he could do with Wandell, take away his best weapon. What's he going to be able to do now? Which isn't the worst logic, I don't think. Like that—that's a fair point. And I, I think that's what makes this. Uh, you can either pick up your torches and pitchforks right away, but if you listen to them, it does help you get a better understanding of the not only why you should feel good about your players on your team, but also uh, where, where you should be concerned about your team going into the twenty twenty two season. So I didn't realize – I thought SEC Mike's Twitter handle is just SEC Mike. Shows what little I know, but his, That's actual, his, uh, name. Handle, his actual name. Yeah, it makes, yeah. makes total sense now, mm-hmm. clicking for me at this point. I, what I would want to ask SEC Mike, you know, quarterback rankings are quarterback rankings. It's, it is what it is. What I'd want to ask him is how he had UK, I think, fourth in his overall SEC rankings just a few months ago, and now he has them fifth in the East. Like what? After spring ball, he had UK fourth in the SEC, and now what changed in a matter of a few months that puts Kentucky not only fourth in the entire SEC rankings but fifth in the SEC East? Well, SEC Mike's got some takes. He's got some takes. But how could you do that? How could you do that? Like how? How in the course of a few months where there hasn't really been any movement? I mean, some teams have maybe added a guy. You know, Alabama added, well, was that before spring even? But how? How could it be so drastic with literally nothing to go off of? Yeah. Does that have anything um, to do with Rodriguez? If, I mean, he, if he said that, then, it, you know, that'd be a reason, but we would. But both. it's not the reason. It's basically the other. And, and if you, it, it's it's mostly because you want to, you're probably getting a little bit, you, you do a little bit more research on other teams. You get a little bit more fired up from uh, for what they're going to bring to the table. But also, there's a lot of media pandering here. Drinkwitz and his art, he did like 17 shows yesterday that he didn't need to do, but he went out of his way to give other places one-on-one so they'd be nice to him. The, 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 it's going to happen with Shane Beamer today, too. He's going to do a bunch of interviews. I mean, Drinkwitz gave Pat Forty a shout-out yesterday. And the funniest part about it is that <laughs> he – he was he he had this big long opening statement about how he wa- he wanted to make sure that college football and all this change that our guiding principles is for the, uh, the the heart of the game and not as Pat Forty said for the almighty dollar oh because Pat Forty's the only person that says that college football realignment is all about the almighty dollar no crap Sherlock like that yes that, everybody has said that that was not Pat Forty's first original thought and you know. He's in pieces of him for getting over COVID. He's not even here for you to pander to, Eli. Shut the hell up. God, oh, I can't Gross. And no. media members just drink it up. Oh, no pun intended. Like it's a Thornton's hot coffee in the morning. They just can't get enough of it. Yeah, you, mention me. Talk to me. I'll, I'll write nice things about you. I'll forever change a narrative because you gave me a quote that one time. It's pathetic. The journalists are dorks, especially yep. in the crush. Oh yeah, huge, huge dork over here. Um, which, by the way, that that I was, 
<sighs> drink just drives me nuts. Just everything about him. Uh, it, it, it takes a lot of energy out of me. And I was very tempted to just go all nuclear because it was the end of the day. But I was like, eh, I don't want to get myself involved in any sort of controversy. We got new bosses. Am I really going to 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 get it, to mix it up? Because I was very tempted to just stand up and say, "Why are you the way that you are?" I really wanted to because he just he everything about him irritates me to no end. So I at least like was like, "All right, I'm still going to ask him a question. Screw it." And he didn't answer it. He just completely ignored it. Um, he just to like say nice things about Mark Stoops. Well, he knew I was a Kentucky guy. What was the question? It's like the Kentucky game each, each year you've been there has turned into a rock fight. Why? Why is that the case? Why? Why is this matchup a, a, a slugfest? And he, he was like, "Well, you know, you just got to give credit to what Mark's done at UK. Uh, they, they, he's built a really good program, especially in the trenches. That defensive line." That's as good as one we face, uh, say, for Georgia. So I guess that is, you could say that's a reason why. We try to do things well, um, and that defensive line's good. It makes it, it makes it tough on us. So so maybe that is a, a logical explanation, but it's still, he just he he just makes me so angry. And by the time I wrote that post, I was, um, I was exhausted. I was tired. I was worn out. And I was just like, hey, good riddance, Eli. I'm sick of you. You're probably going to get fired after this season anyway. You're on the hot seat. That's why you're out here pandering to as many people as possible. Uh, and and really, the only way to avoid it is to beat Kentucky, which we learned yesterday from Martez Manuel, Justin Kalen, that they're, they're rivals now, budding rivalry, Kentucky and Missouri. What has uh, the rivalry with the Kentucky been like the last two years? It seems like that game gets more physical every yeah. year. Um, Kentucky, and this is, uh, this is my personal opinion, um, but I feel like Kentucky, to me, is more of a rivalry game than Arkansas, personally. You know, um, because we, Arkansas, like, yeah, it's like a battle line rivalry, but, like, we don't have bad blood there. You know what I mean? Like, we don't like Kentucky. They don't like us. Um, it's been that way since I remember I was a senior in high school, and uh, Kentucky played at Missouri, and they, like, won on the last favorite game because of a PI call, mm -hmm. and they had, like, a timeless down yep. or something, something <laughs> stupid. Um, and then they lost, we lost to them that next year, my freshman year. That was actually my first career start that game. So um, we lost them, that was pretty personal to me. Then my sophomore year, we beat them at home, and that was amazing. And then obviously last year, we lost them by like seven or something, something crazy, like in the last minute after a block kick. Um, so that's a game that I feel like is forever gonna, I feel like that needs to be our new rivals, honestly, because, you know, there's actually some sort of bad blood there. With Arkansas, I mean, you know, we want to win that game, but like, I mean, I, I don't hate them personally. That's just me speaking, you know, I have nothing against those guys, but Kentucky, I just hate that white and blue. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but and how much tougher is that game to come with Will Levis now at quarterback? Uh, yeah, we we can cut it in there. He was Sorry a stud. Like uh, but still, he just hates that blue and white. TJ just hates that that Kentucky white and blue. Uh, DeAndre Square quote tweeted it. He uh, he had the date of the game, and uh, Calvin Taylor responded like, "This is a rivalry," and he just said, "News to me." <laughs> yeah, did you see who was it? Lonnie Johnson. <laughs> He said They're something like, it's not a, we don't even know about Ms. Who or something along those lines. Uh, but two, yeah, he said, he said the S word, but not spelled correctly. So that's good. Because mm -hmm. uh, we don't lose to Ms. Who. That's why. 
Good one, Lonnie. Love it. Uh, I do regret to inform Missouri that your invitation to be rivals has regrettably been denied. We are not rivals with you. We don't want anything to do with a rivalry with Columbia, Missouri. Uh, it's not an easy drive. It's not a fun place, really. It's not a destination a trip for UK fans. Now, while I do think along the same lines of a South Carolina and a Missouri – that like yes, there are there are similarities between the UK football program, Missouri football program. Generally, programs that don't get thought highly of in the SEC, but they've been successful as of late, and Kentucky has been successful as of late, and they don't really get a ton of credit for it. So there are some similarities between the programs. When they do play, the games are generally pretty close. Uh, they recruit similar to one another, at least they don't recruit the same regions necessarily, but they end up similar in rankings and they take pride in kind of being a physical nasty team. There is truth that I think like the game that has the most crap talk generally seems to be the Missouri game, but uh, I kind of would chalk that up to it just being a game that Kentucky thought they'd win. So they'd be a little bit more chatty and Missouri would be chatty back, but uh, no, we will not be rivals with you, but we do look forward to beating you again this season. The, uh, the thing that I kind of liken it to, it, it feels like when Kentucky, when they made their ascension, it took a while to kind of knock on that door at South Carolina and, and where games were really close, but you were coming up short, and you did develop a hatred towards them because you wanted to get over that hump, and then now you own the Columbia schools, and it it feels good. I, I get what that person's saying, uh, Martez Manuel. He's got he, he's got no love lost with the Cats. He's still bitter over that untimed down. They they hate Ahmad Ahmad Wagner's fate on site in the Show Me State right now. Uh, but like you know, if if you wanted to be an actual rival, you got to win one. Th those games have been close. Um, last year shouldn't have been. Kentucky should have been up three, maybe even four scores before half. Uh, but Rodriguez, that was the game he fumbled it inside the five twice. Um, so it should have been a blowout. Uh, I will say I'm I'm very happy about this development though, TJ, because I, I don't know if we talked about it on here or elsewhere. That has the potential to be the biggest trap game of the year for Kentucky. Just that spot because. You could have a ton of momentum. You could be seven and one, or six and one, or you, you could be rocking and you could be rolling. And the Tennessee game is the following week. There's, it, you can fall asleep for that 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff in a half empty. It, it, goes, it goes Tennessee, then Missouri. Tennessee's before Missouri. Okay. Well, if but uh, then Georgia's the week after Missouri. Then, Vanderbilt's right? the week after. So you're close, uh, okay. but absolutely wrong. Well, hang, hangover game. Hangover game. There we go. It's a hangover <laughs> game. But you know you know how it is. Those those games can, can wall you to sleep. The and that can be their game of the year. Three days ago, I could not remember for the life of me if the Vanderbilt game was in Nashville or UK uh, this season. I could not think back to last year where that game was played, and I've got a pretty good memory on that stuff, and it was killing me, Roush. So no worries. I'm home this year, right? To. It is in Lexington, correct. Yes. They, they played in Nashville last year, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you much about that game. I don't, I don't even know if I watched it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't remember hardly anything about that game. Maybe I had something going on. Maybe Lucy was being born. I don't know. But uh, There was um... – I, I only remember two years ago because there was a COVID game where nobody was there and Bo Allen got in, threw the ball a lot, and then Vandy kind of came back because the defense stunk towards the end. 
Yeah. I could so do. I remember a little bit about that. Vaney did something weird. Typically, you just fly your players in the day of, and then they, they go home. Vandy came down a day early and like stayed the night and went around in Atlanta and they were like posing for pictures all around town. Very bizarre. Well, if you're Vanderbilt, I would just try anything to get more attention and more eyeballs into uh, the Vanderbilt football program. But yeah, that is that is a little that is a little strange. But yeah, Missouri game a little later than it normally is on the schedule. Mm -hmm. It's in November this year. Usually it's October. Last year it was September. And Rash, last year we this time if you could go back in time this time last year. I was the one really beating the drum on, like, that Missouri game, that's huge. It's going to set the tone for the entire season. UK wins it, and you're right, it shouldn't have been as close as it really was. But then Kentucky's dream season gets off to an unbelievable start, and, you know, you obviously don't have that start if you don't win the Missouri game. But it was one we talked about all summer. We talked about how great that environment would be. It was. Uh, KRC was right again, you know, as we often are. What game this season is that for you? And I don't know if you can pick the Florida game just because is anybody going to be panicking and think it's a sinking ship if Kentucky goes down to the swamp and loses a close one? I don't know if, like, for this specific stupid radio topic, I don't know if you can pick a road game for, like, a huge turning point in the season game. For me, I think it's probably that South Carolina-Mississippi State back-to-back -back at home. you got to win both those games if you want this season to be a special fun season. I think you could lose at Florida. I think you could lose at Ole Miss, but you have got to take care of business at US or against USC at home and MSU at home. And if you win those two games, I think your nine wins, regular season still on the table, fun stuff happening, all that good stuff, Roush. Maybe, you know, eight and four is probably your basement at that point, most likely. So uh, I think it's that stretch. I know I'm kind of cheating by picking two games, but if we went back in time and we did the Missouri thing last year, what game are you pointing to this year and saying, this is the one that I think is probably going to be the most important for UK's overall outlook. Yeah, I'm still going with the road games. Um, because, and, and that's part of what comes with loftier expectations is beating rivals on the road. And it's, I, you, you should beat Florida on the road this year. And that Tennessee game, that's the difference. Tennessee has kept you from playing in New Year's Six Bowls twice. If you think you're good enough to do that, you can't lose to your border state rival, yeah. especially when they sucked in 2018. Yeah. That's just yeah. that's just where we are. Um, so I, I'm I'm raising the bar a little bit higher, particularly with that game at Neyland Stadium. I'm I'm sure it'll be a night game. Um, I, I do think that they're going to come back down to earth a little bit in year two under Hypel, where cornerbacks got a little bit better feel of how how that those wide uh, splits feel. Um, outside, like they, they just they're going to have a better idea of how to cover it. The defense is not going to get any better. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, and Hendon Hooker, he had to be immaculate, incredible, in, in order for Tennessee to have the success they had last year. It only takes a couple more, couple, couple bad decisions here and there. Maybe a fumble, maybe, you know, just a few turnovers here and there that can that can change the game, turn it upside down. Um, but yeah, I, I'm putting a lot of onus on those rivalry games this year on the road. It, it's it's a lot, but you know, I, you you reap what you sow. You ask for more. Well, this 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 is what you got to do to take that next step. I like that answer because what did I just say? Either yesterday or last Friday. I don't know. The days run together in summer radio. That like this stuff that, and I don't think UK fans are truly freaking out. Like I think we like to kind of scratch our head and wonder out loud. Like yeah, SEC Mike, what the hell happened in three months that you ranked Kentucky? 
you drop Kentucky significantly in your rankings or two months even because nothing's happened and it was just nonsense. I don't think people actually get too worked up about it, but if you want this stuff to stop, and I think it may have, I don't know if it was Luckett or Roland, somebody had a tweet out there yesterday that was like, you, you often see, or no, I think it was Chris Fisher. Uh, I want to get it right, but, you know, all these people are great, and I'm sure everybody already follows them on Twitter anyways. But it was something along the lines of, like, I find it funny that you'll have analysts or media members bring up, I'm not sure how Kentucky replaces so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. And his point was, basically, it's just them saying, ah, this was one good season. And they had some good players, and they surprised us, but those guys are gone and I just don't know if Will Levis is going to have enough help around him. It is just telling on yourself that you literally do not pay attention to Kentucky football. And that's fine. A lot of people don't join the club at that rate. But as a media member that's predicting the SEC season, do your darn homework and know that this isn't just like a flash in the pan. Kentucky had a dream season, and now everything comes back down to earth. Kentucky has been progressing and moving up and has had a lot of good players and a lot of people drafted and this isn't just a flash in a pan sort of situation so I like that tweet again I believe it was Chris Fisher um but until UK wins the East Roush you're going to be dealing with this stuff it's just true again Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll really care all that much we want to win the East for not to shut people up in the media in the summer we want to win the East because it'd be just a hell of a party and a great time and a memory that we'd have forever and it'd feel like seeing UK reach the peak of its uh, football journey, which would be great. But the disrespect's not going to stop until you do something on the national, national level. Right, right. There, there's no doubt about it. Go go out there, get it done, beat beat who you're supposed to, and then win some tough games on the road. That, that game at Ole Miss yesterday, too, I didn't get much more clarity other than Lane Kiffin was very adamant and – He's very reticent to pump up any of his transfers. They've got, I want to say, 19 transfers coming in this year, which is just, that's a lot. That's a lot. Even in the transfer portal era, 19 transfers is a lot. And so he's pumping the brakes on expectations. I don't think a team has a higher ceiling or a lower floor in the entire SEC than Ole Miss this fall. So I, I, I don't know what to expect when Kentucky... Uh, goes to the Grove October 1, uh, but I would love for them to just be a not-good football team. <laughs> if you had it your way, Roush, would you flip the Florida and Mississippi game schedule dates? Seemed like getting Ole Miss early could really be a benefit as yeah. they're trying to figure out all their pieces. Especially with Jackson Dart. Uh, he played half a season at USC last year before he got hurt. It's It's very similar to the JT Daniels thing where he showed a lot of promise uh, but didn't get a – full season under his belt to show it off. And particularly in Lane Kiffin's offense, he puts a lot on his quarterbacks. It's it's almost the opposite of how you describe the Liam Cohen, Rich Scangarello offense, which is he makes it easy on his quarterbacks. There's only a few decisions to make here and there. Kiffin, Kiffin goes the opposite direction. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm curious how that experiment is going to go right away. And you're, you're right. I, w- I would much rather see Ole Miss early on in the season and I think they're actually starting off with uh, – I think they've got a tough game right out the gate. No, they, they start against uh, John Summerall's Troy, Central Arkansas. No, they, yeah, it, they're just out of conference game. They're going to Georgia Tech week three. But it's Georgia Tech. They, they they stink. So they actually do have 
four bunnies to get ready for that UK game. Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa, and then Kentucky is their first SEC game of the season. Shots fired at Coach Summerall. I mean, he's, he's rebuilding. He's rebuilding. I thought they were in a good spot. Didn't, they, didn't the other coach leave that he's replacing? Yeah, he left because he sucked, though. Like, he wasn't. Oh, it wasn't like you're doing well and you're getting a better job? No, no, no. He, yeah, he was, he was not good. Oh, okay. So fired. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they call it in the business when you're not good at your job and you get let go? Huh, interesting. Yeah, well, I, I still think, you know, fifth game of the season, that's a still not a bad time to get a team. And UK's got a couple cupcakes going into that one as well. So if right, there's any right. health issues coming out of that Florida game, you'll get those out of the way. And then also, let's not act like Florida has all their stuff figured out either. They're a team that has some familiar faces, but – New coaching and uh, new faces across the board, and Florida fans are not overly optimistic about their season outlook as well. So, some winnable road games at places UK doesn't have a great track record of winning at. But the narrative that's been the theme of the Mark Stoops era at Kentucky is changing the narrative. So, uh, if you can pull one off at the Swamp, UK the UK football frenzy is going to be absolutely wild because you'll be four and zero. You'll go into that Mississippi State game. UK fans haven't had a chance to be at the Grove in a good bit, so I think there'd be a great deal of blue down in Oxford. Mm-hmm. You win that one, then it gets to silly season again, Roush. Oh yeah, you start dreaming absolutely colossal. But uh, I like the way you think. That Tennessee game is absolutely huge for the Cats. Let's read a few texts here on the Thorns Sex Line. Let's do it. Five zero two. 414-1450 is the number to get into the show. You text in. We read it on air. Up first, do you guys play better when you're with good golfers, dialing in a little more with the competition, or do you thrive when you're playing with someone who hits worm burners and loses a dozen balls per round? For me, it's generally I play better when I'm playing with good people just due to the fact that if you're playing with somebody who's hitting worm burners and chunking shots and losing balls, you start to lose some patience, and it's hard to stay focused in between shots if you're playing with somebody who's taking three shots between your shots. Yeah, I, I play agree. better. I play better when I'm playing with people that are a little bit better. What if you just never play good? <laughs> That's a good question too. Yeah, huh? <laughs> Maybe you're just not playing with good people, Roush. No, but I yeah, think that, I think to the to Justin's point, to everybody's point, you know. A rising tide lifts all boats, right? Yes, I would. I would imagine so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anybody who's like, yes, the worse the foursome, the more I'm going to go out there and just catch fire. It, it does feel good to not be the worst in the group, though. Has so, that like, ever happened for you, Ralph? Yeah, it happens quite a bit. Wow, wow. that's not good, Scoot. Because I'm at least good for a couple good shots. Like I, I have at least one or two good shots a hole. It's just my one bad shot is just <laughs> so bad. Loves uh, some good golf discussion. A texter mm-hmm. says, catching up on Friday's show, fellow appraiser here, those houses off Cooper in the Chevy Chase area are getting absurd. Had some friends buy one last year in that area in the half a million with only 1,700 square foot feet, and it needed a lot of updates. That's Phew. crazy. I mean, that is crazy. It's, I guess, not overly surprising. Oh, great. The wife forgot to turn the alarm off. No. I'm going to go get that here right now. Okay, you you go do that, and uh, we'll stay on the Thornton's text line. It, supply demand. Supply, really low. Yeah, I mean, you're in Lex. It's, it's going to get – you know it's going to get rented out. 
No, not always. Most of the time. A Cooper? Yeah, no, you yeah, you don't know like the this area we're talking about, it's it's about half, maybe three quarters of residents, and then there's other rentals. Oh. Where's it at? What's it by? The neighborhood behind Cooper. There's not there's not a ton of kids that rent out there. There's a lot of family homes there. If you get down Castle, you'll get more along those side streets of college students. But even then, it's not the majority. It's not like State or Conteras or anything like that. Yeah, or like Aylesford or something. Yeah. And also, I went back and forth with this appraiser in Lexington just to talk and shop a little bit. Thanks. Thanks for the back and forth. That was good talking with a, a fellow appraiser. I guess for those houses on Cooper, you'll need to make some big location adjustments. Mm-hmm. Speaking of location. Speaking of talk, talk and shop. Um, I ran into some folks from Memphis yesterday, Memphis and Arkansas, and oh man, they've got some takes. They've got some takes. H- how about we get into it in hour number two, TJ? Yeah, I'm fine with that. There's plenty more from SEC Media Days that we should chat about. There's recruiting talk, the Peach Jam is going on, some UK commits and targets are playing each other, and to some mixed results. So we'll talk about that as well in hour two. We've got a fun Thornton's text line for you. Keep them coming in, 502-414-1450. You text it and we'll read it on air. You're listening to KRC here on Big X Sports Radio. Justin Kalen and intern Jacob will be back after this. Quit for the summertime. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Just getting started. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, and in turn, Jacob. My replacement pair order of Shady Rays came in. Uh, they're quick about when they get stuff out there, whether it's your first purchase or it's your replacement pair. They uh, So basically, it's just like the same order I just got. They just resent the box. And I've got all the same sunglasses that I had. Now I just have extra pairs of them. Of course, we've given away tons of pairs when we've gone out and see some big X sports radio listeners out on the road, happy to give away shady rays. They're quality sunglasses, a Kentucky company, a, a company that started in Kentucky by Kentucky ends saying X included, no big deal. They said, I'm sick of paying so much for sunglasses. And then what, if they break, they just break and you're done with them. No, we're going to make some sunglasses. We're going to make them affordable, but they're quality. And if something happens to them, cause that can happen in life. We're just going to send you a replacement pair. You'll pay a small little processing fee, but the pair itself is actually free. doesn't matter if they're lost, stolen, or you just want another pair. You can do the replacement plan, and they'll send it right out to you. I'm a perfect example. It's easy. It's peasy. It, it doesn't it'll make you jump through hoops. Uh, there was a website that I used to write for, Roush, 
And if you wanted to cancel your subscription, holy smokes, they made it pretty difficult for you. Uh, you'd have to like be on the phone, you have to get mm-hmm. on the line, and you'd have to go through this caller and this caller. Not for that shady- hoop, this hoop. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a Shady Rays. Not for Shady Rays replacement pair. It's so easy. They send you an email, you click on it, they say, what pairs do you want to replace? There's an option to click all of them. You click all of them or just the one, depending on how many you, you bought, and then they'll send you out your, your replacement pairs. They're great. They've got a sunglass for every occasion. Fishing, running, exercising, lounging, drinking beer by campfire. They've got the perfect shades for you at an incredible price. And they're going to make that price even smaller when you use promo code Big X at checkout. All one word, Big X, 25% off your entire order. And uh, just go to ShadyRays.com. Trust me, perfect gift for a brother's birthday, a dad's birthday, an uncle. Uh, you need to do uh, golf scramble gift packages or something like that. Shady Ray's the place to go. All right, text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. But we've got more SEC media days to chat about. Oh, man. I, uh, You know, they, they have some of these kind of hospitality events where you're, you're mingling with, uh, with folks from uh, across the South. And so, you know, I'm never one to, to be a stranger and uh, end up sparking a conversation with somebody who he does art radio in Arkansas now, but he's originally from Memphis. AKA he grew up a Memphis basketball, John Calipari fan until John Calipari ripped his heart out. And so I was like, all right, well, I've got a, you're from Memphis. I got a couple questions to ask. And he was like, okay, this is going either one of two ways. I first had to lay out the penny one to kind of soften the blow. So then after we we chatted for a few minutes, then he could really help tell me how he thought about Cal. Hates him with the fire of a thousand suns. Can't stand him. Is is probably, he said that Cal Perry is responsible for the worst moment in his life. And he blames Cal for that national title. Hates Mario Chalmers and said he was cheering during the Wisconsin game in 2015. Still can't stand Cal. Never wants to see him back in Memphis ever again. So, as you can see, Memphis fans very rational about John Calipari. Yeah, huge, huge losers. Uh, gosh, uh, you know he's he blames Cal for the national championship loss. Well, the good news is after that, Cal Cal's gone. Well, he did one more season, but after that, Cal's gone. Boom! The the person that held you back from the national championship, he's out of the question. I bet the Tigers have been knocking down the title door left and right since they got that guy who can't coach nah. down there. I don't think so. Oh, they've got like one, they've got like one tournament win since then. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, okay. My, ooh, oh, the part hard. that really disappointed me is they're also not Tubby fans. Just because Tubby is like least Memphis basketball guy ever, he was like, "Let's try to let's play hard nosed defense. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna really care. We're gonna we're gonna dive on the floor." And they're just like, "No, we want Penny. We want to get players in here who are superstars, but don't really care about doing anything except getting theirs." It's so funny. It's such it, a backward way of thinking. And speaking of John Calipari, Conference USA, Memphis, he was uh, inducted into the Conference USA Hall of Fame. Yeah, or he's going to be a part of it, which that's got to really tick them off. Well, it is also funny that the, he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. So, yeah, I hope he could find his way maybe into the Conference USA, although I, then I'm not sure – who plays in conference USA for basketball? Is it Western? Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah, Western Marshall. No, I think Marshall just moved. So, um, 
man, conference realignment. Uh, yeah, you all can keep up with it. That's hats off to you. Middle is still in there. Um, yeah, no, it's all over the place. The mighty conference USA, not what it once was. Southern Miss used to be in it, that, and that's no longer the case. Hey, speaking of Memphis, I was looking up. I saw a commercial with Hansel yesterday, that one-armed basketball player. Do y'all know that Memphis has offered him a scholarship? How about that? That's cool. That he's cool. good. Yeah, yeah he's he's, he's got a lot of like small offers, like Bethune Cookman, Northwestern State. So Memphis is his only high major, but pretty awesome that they've offered him. That is cool. Uh, switching gears a little bit, but still kind of laughing at some folks. Roush, what do you and your folks at On3 have to say for yourself for trying to slow down UofL's recruiting? Oh, man. I can't believe you didn't delete that tweet either because I even told Gabe, like, that that's not their previous ranking. That's that's a different ranking. That's because I made the same mistake where I thought Kentucky jumped up the rankings because their commitments – the, the new on three ranking was higher than the, the number to the right. The number to the right is not their previous ranking. It's the consensus ranking. It's an average of what all of the rankings have them. So basically on three is just like, yeah, they're not as, they're not as good as everybody else thinks they are. So they didn't really drop a ton in the rankings as much as they're just saying, eh, we're pumping the brakes on all of these guys. Hilarious conspiracy theory. You of all fans just never need to change. Um, on three is purposely dropping U of L recruiting to hurt the recruiting momentum. It doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, you know, imagine- like no recruit's going to be like, oh my gosh, so and so is not a top 300 player in the class anymore. Well, I don't think I'm going to go to U of L now. What? It's like it, it's such dumb logic that I can't believe somebody would take out the time to tweet it out. I uh, it, it's fun to do the game. Oh, as soon as they commit, they drop in the rankings because that does happen often. But like the rankings change every other month; they they change quite often. It's a good way to stir up a news cycle um, and to get folks clicking on things. That's just how this business works. But what's funny to me is to think that like me, Nick Roush is one that has control over on three's football recruiting rankings. <laughs> what? And just like this inside conspiracy theory of like, hey, U of L's recruiting so well, what can we do to slow them down? <laughs> well, if we hurt their recruiting rankings, wouldn't that do the trick? Yeah, but all the other services are still going to be really high on them, and it's not going to work the way they do it. <laughs> what percentage of high school recruits do you all think even look at rankings? No, oh, 100. 100%. Yeah, yeah really? all of them. What what, yeah, how, what what seventeen year old kid that's being talked and written about is not going to look at that, Justin? Yeah, come on. No offense. No, yeah. I, I don't. Okay, I don't mean for themselves. I mean like when they're making a decision to go to college. Do you think they're looking at rank into rankings? How teams have done yeah. in years past recruiting that's rankings? Good, better question. Uh, no, and, and I don't know. It, you know, everybody could just make up a random number percentage of all that. I, I would say probably a majority of them do look. You don't want to. Well, you do or you don't, but you at least want to know who could be joining you or who you could be playing with. So I think the majority do at least keep an eye on that stuff in terms of how many actually care about it. I don't know. I'd say probably 50% of people are making, well, no, I'd say probably 60% of people are making decisions that they just think are personally best for them, regardless of who's joining them or not joining them necessarily. Gotcha. I was just curious. Cause I, I mean, if I was a, if I was a high school athlete and I'm making a college decision, I'm not going to, 
I don't think I would go back and look at past recruiting rankings. I, it, I think it has more to do with momentum. So, like, if you're steadily making a climb up them, then you can realize, okay, this program's moving in the right direction. Sure. Makes sense. Well, uh, that was a fun I, little sidebar to, to all the other news going on yesterday. Was a fun little sidebar. The other, the I guess the big picture news, TJ, that came from yesterday, Greg Sankey just basically came out and said, we're the SEC, we're the best there ever was. Suck it. Take out your suckets, everybody, and suck it. SEC, uh, my favorite line was, we're not going to expand just as a reaction to what somebody else is doing. It's going to be on our terms. Uh, he pretty much said, we're not, we'll, we'll listen to offers. We'll entertain them, but we're not looking to expand right now. We're comfortable with our 16 teams. And so I, the, the, the big fear for traditionalists was that once the Big Ten made this move, then all of a sudden we're just going to have two 24-team conferences. It, it's probably going to get there eventually, but that still is, it would take a long time for that to happen. Um, and, and part of the reason why it's going to take a long time is it's pretty clear that Oklahoma and Texas will not be coming until 2025. I know last year when that news broke, all the big J's were like, well, why would they wait? Turns out the lawyers got involved really hard to break a grant of rights. So they're not going to be able to get out. Uh, Sankey said yesterday, that's between Oklahoma and Texas and the Big 12. Um, we're just planning on 2025 for right now. So uh, 16 teams moving forward for at least the foreseeable future. Uh, it... it the, it, it actually got me to a question that I was thinking later on because at, at one point somebody was like, do you think this is just going to, to Super Leagues? And he's like, we are a Super League. And I was just like, oh, putting your foot down, Sankey. And he's right. Mr. Sankey, do you th- follow-up question, do you think this is trending towards Super Duper Leagues? <laughs> They've won three straight national championships with three different teams. I don't think there's been three – non-SEC teams that have won the college football playoff title. I think it's just Clemson and Ohio State. Yeah, what was, the, what was Oregon? They didn't win it, though. They just attended. Oh, yeah, they didn't win it. Good point. Yeah. An SEC team. <laughs> yeah, Florida State won it the, the last <laughs> BCS year. Yeah. Um, so and then be- they got into the playoff the first year. So um, the last three non-SEC champions, you'd have to go back to 2014. Or 13. 13. Yeah. And then for the last three different SEC champions, you'd have to go back to 2019. Yeah, three years ago. <laughs> They're probably going to win it that again. Is, that is pretty wild. I mean, that is pretty wild. You, that's that's nuts. That is. And you're right. They're probably going to win it. They're probably going to win it again. So if you so, have to go the fourth one, that's even crazier. Well, maybe I, it won't be a different team, though. I just know that when all of this stuff is happening, people are very – you, you you obviously want to be in either the SEC or the Big Ten. You want to be among the halves. But I'm glad Greg Sankey's leading the charge. He even pretty much said to all the other conferences, we made some concessions in the last college football playoff expansion to allow automatic qualifiers. We're, we're probably not going to do that this time around. We made a compromise. Good. We're not Good. we're not going to compromise for anything. And it made me think, like, he is steering this ship. He is the most competent person that's in charge right now in college athletics. Is he the most competent commissioner in all of sports? Is he the best commissioner in sports right now? 
I don't even know who's up. What is it? Adam Silver in competition, but he's got a like. That, that's probably the only person that you could even put in the same sentence as Greg Sankey right now. And I, I, I think he's got more missteps than Sankey has had during his tenure. I don't doubt that for sure. You can make a case that probably Goodell maybe is the best at leading a league just because like he's a total goober. Yeah. Nobody likes him and he seems robotic, but like it's, you cannot deny the success of the NFL and the growth of the NFL under his watch, similarly to the sec as well. The only difference is that Goodell's approval rating amongst the general public is really low. Whereas I think it would be, I mean, I, I don't know if it's overwhelmingly positive on Sankey, but it's definitely higher than Roger Goodell's uh, approval rating. Yeah, no, you're right. And people, even like owners, hate Roger Goodell, and it seems like most folks in the SEC like Sankey. But I, uh, it's just tough to deny how much the NFL has even grown in the last decade, even, mm-hmm. let alone, you know, two decades. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's that's exciting stuff. I still think we're heading to – Super leagues, but it seems like maybe it's going to take a little bit longer to get there. That's fine. I love do not give any automatic bids anymore. I was willing to do that as well. Then the ACC acted like the biggest dorks of all time. So they're out. No automatic no automatic bid for you. No automatic bid for the crappy Pac-12. Big 12, no way, Jose. And uh, we'll just have the best four teams if it's four. We'll just have the best eight teams if it's eight. We'll just we'll go through that. That's going to be our vote, and I like it. The SEC needs to stand strong on that. And I'm all right if I wouldn't be shocked if eventually, if the ACC keeps being babies about this stuff, and if the Pac-12 does as well. I don't. I don't think it's crazy to think. What if the Big Ten and the SEC just say, "Hey, you want to do like a 16 playoff between your best three and our best three, or we can go A to make it our best four and your best four? Yeah. Works for me. That, yeah. Who who wouldn't want to see that? Like, fine by me. Um, you're right, and then you could have, like, disputed national champions, but are you going to take Alabama, the winner of the 18 Big 12 SEC playoff, or are you going to take 9-3 and three Oklahoma State, who won whatever little bowl championship thing they would have won? You know, the, uh, you may have split national titles, but it wouldn't really be split national titles. The best argument Sankey made was, if we're going to do automatic qualifiers, in 2014, we would be taking out the eighth – team to put in the number 20 team uh, why for for what why are, why are we making this playoff worse just to include every conference and i and i would tell sankey that like i i did initially agree with that and it was just to keep people happy and to throw regions bones and to again just keep folks happy better expansions better for everybody if these dorks don't want to do it then let's throw them a bone in the sense of like listen your conference is going to get somebody in but they were reluctant and they were stubborn and they weren't willing to play ball. So offers off the table. I totally hey, agree but, with you now. You had your chance. Did you all see the Pac-12 and Big 12 no longer working together? Talks are off. Apparently those deep doing, discussions were yeah. just three Zoom calls. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Dennis Dodd, you dumbass. God, Aww. I can't stand some of these hacks. I cannot stand them. Like, dude. Oh gosh, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Who's the, other, this. Oh. who's the other guy tweeting about it yesterday? I don't know. Thamel was the one that reported that it broke down. Um, no. I, I don't know who was the one that was tweeting about it still being possible. It, it, 
it was somebody that was just like, I don't know what the Big 12's doing here. The Pac-12 is throwing them a life raft, and they're denying it. But I forget who it was. It was really bad takes. It was really dumb. And people were, he just got ratioed into Bolivia, and the people were like, no, you're, you got it backwards. Like, the, the Pac-12 is the one that's going to be in big trouble here. But uh, until I can get you some more answers to who the heck that was, it's not really good radio. Mm. Not helpful. Um, I did use that line the other day about Stuart Mandel. Bolivia. Yeah. And oh, Stuart Mandel. Yeah, Stuart Mandel is a West Coast hack. He just does whatever the West Coast oh, yeah. people tell him to do. Like, he was the one that uh, when Nico, that Tennessee quarterback, signed his $8 million deal, they were like, ooh, let me tell you all about it. And he got very chesty because he was able to break that news. Um, which Here's was what Stuart Mandel said. That just got – it did not work out well for him. The Pac-12 is still – is still the league more recently rated, but it still has the two most valuable brands in Oregon and Washington, a TV deal coming up a year sooner, the ability to provide 1030 Eastern time games every week. Not clear <laughs> to me why the Big 12 thinks it's better off on its own. Oh, God. Because the Pac-12 is a bunch of losers that doesn't care about what other conferences care about. That's yeah. why. Simple as that. Not willing to work with them. And the idea of a 1030 Eastern time game every week, what? Oh, so you can, your 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 appeal is to be the gimmick, the Pac-12 after dark. You don't think the Big 12 can play a late game? Yeah, I mean, of course they could. Of course they could. It's uh, yeah, he is totally just a, a Pac-12 honk, honk, honk. Uh, text into the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Do you want to take our last break? Yes, yes, we can take our last break. I figured out where Vince saw it. He was watching Fine Bomb. They had an SEC Mike on, so gotcha. that's what it was. I'll catch up with SEC Mike today. We'll stir it back up. I'll, I'll, I'll come out with. I'll, I'll bring the Gotcha Girls with him. With me. if I were you, I'd take your phone. Like, get get some get some KRC content. Be like, hey, SEC Mike, you got roasted on KRC today. What's your thoughts? And then we we'll, <laughs> then we we'll just play it on the air tomorrow, and uh, we can see what he's got to say about that. But no, you're 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 really amongst them, aren't you? You're mingling. Oh, I'm mingling. I'm mingling. It is much cooler this year. They the previously they had a the radio row off the beaten path. It was very odd. This year they've got it on the second floor, like in the Hall of Fame. Very, very cool. Very cool. So um excited to see. We we've already got Ring Guy here. And as somebody pointed out, uh, Ring Guy has he he's been going to SEC Media Day so long that his ring says BCS title instead of college football playoff. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty good. All right. We'll be back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Radio. DJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen, and intern Jim. Over there without a second to lose. And what comes next? Hey, bust a move. snake looks delicious. What part do you think I'm about to eat? Uh, basically, a snake don't have parts. But um, if I had to call it anything, uh, I would say it's his knee.
Welcome back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. KRC goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday, 9 to 11. The replay of the show on the same station. You can use the TuneIn app to listen to Big X Sports Radio. You can go to BigXSportsRadio.com. You can tell your Alexa, play Big X Sports Radio. It's that easy. They will play it, and you'll hear some Kentucky Roll Call if you're listening between those hours. We're hourless or without hours on podcasts. You can listen anytime. Just search Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating and review, and we will appreciate it. And we always do appreciate the people that chime in on the Thornton's text line. There is no closing time on the Thornton's text line. You can text in any hour of the day, 502-414-1450. You text it in. We'll read it on air. Nick Roush is down in Atlanta. Justin Kalen in studio. Intern Jacob, what do you got on tap for today? Uh, I got to work again. One final day, dreaded day of the week at the golf course. One dreaded day of the golf course on a Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's easy, and then it's smooth sailing after that. Five-day weekend. Smooth sailing. Leaving for Florida at the end of the – or start of next week, so – Wow, that's exciting. Did you submit this to HR? Yeah, HR hasn't heard about that. You're about to have a five-day weekend into a week-long vacation. Yes. Pockets are going to be hurting, as they say. That's what mom, mom, papa are all for. But you live in the dream, buddy. Soak it all up. And, uh, gosh, by the time you'll get back from vacation, it'll almost – like it'll be Bahamas trip time almost. Yeah, that is – that's the plan. Just going to block everything out until until that happens. That's great news. Well, cool. Excited about that. Well, enjoy your one day of work, and then you'll get back to uh, some easy lounging, some summer vacation. Well-deserved, I'm sure. Roush is going to be leaving us a little early today. He says he wants a front-row seat to be able to interview Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. I was shocked how big that room was. Yeah, it's a, it's enormous. They, it's, a, it's a nice, it's a cool setup they got here at the Hall of Fame. Really cool. Um, uh, we are being entertained though because people keep tripping over the uh, <laughs> the little uh, barricade thing. It, it it covers up the extension cord, so we've been calling it the speed bump. Uh, Freddie's got the tally up to six people who have stumbled upon it so far. So, how's Freddie doing? Freddie's good, good. He's he's excited. He uh, he likes being down here and uh, being amongst them, as, uh-huh. as they say, uh, and also just being. Like, uh, he got to see uh, his coach at the Hall of Fame uh, for the first time. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. I bet that was a nice memory, uh, a nice moment as well. All right. Well, I, we do have recruiting we can get to. Is, is there any loose ends on day one of SEC that you want to you wanna get to before we get out? We'll, we'll save some text maybe when you hit the road. No, I, we, we touched on most of them. Other than I would just say Brian Kelly's in a similar boat where – to, to Lane Kiffin, ton of transfers, low expectations. I do feel like Kelly though is going to write that ship eventually. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's going to. I mean, if Coach O can win there, Brian Kelly can win there. He has. That's true. The the last coach to change jobs with as many wins as Brian Kelly was Pop Warner. <laughs> so, uh, the dude the dude is a certified very good football coach. He has more wins than Newt Rockney at Notre Dame. Like yeah, but like. You never really felt like he could win a title at Notre Dame. Right. But that's because of recruiting. He goes to LSU. He can recruit. He's he's already doing the national stuff. He just has yeah, to take but, care of Louisiana. 
you should be able to recruit national champion caliber players to Notre Dame, I would think. Not with the academic restrictions. That I know that's a that's a tried and kind of can sound hacky, but I mean, kind of true. Uh, I agree to agree to disagree there, but I wouldn't be shocked if he won there because seems like every coach to some degree mm-hmm. wins at LSU. I mean, Wes Miles and Coach O have national titles there. Can you it's just yeah? That's hilarious. Actually, the last the last three either one of those guys to drive me to downtown Louisville. The last three LSU head coaches have all won national titles there. So that's why that's why you go to LSU. That's why you take that job. The only issue is the expectations are so high, and there's no no margin for like a bad season. The the thing that I think uh, Kentucky fans they like to compare Alabama and Kentucky to one another, but it's just a different level of dominance. Kentucky's more like LSU, where you have a bunch of different coaches who have won titles. You have a very basketball that that means everything in that state. Uh, the the only difference is you don't have the same talent pool to draw from from Kentucky basketball players like LSU does uh, mm-hmm. in the state of Louisiana when it comes to their football players. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, all right, get your text into the Thornton's text line right now. Switching gears over to the basketball side of things, Peach Jam is going on, and there's more Crystal Ball, Magic Eight Ball, RPM picks for. Justin Edwards to Kentucky, big time, big time news, big time deal, and Chris Fisher, I think, included. So he's going to pick UK now six days away from that. Uh, he played yesterday against Robert Dillingham. Remember, Edwards' AAU team, not very good. They beat Dillingham, Roush, mm. and Dillingham has flat out stunk at Peach Jam. Mm. Like he's been, he has not been good. Um, shots not falling. He's having a tougher time creating a little bit. It has not been a good start to his peach jam. Um, I'm not. I, I have zero worries or concerns about that. By the way, it's it's this kid's been playing basketball almost daily, probably since the summer started. Uh, peach jam is the biggest stage. You wish he was playing better, but the shots just not falling. So it it is it is what it is. Uh, Wagner is also not playing particularly well, but he's having more success getting to the rim and finishing than Dillingham has. Dillingham settling for shots, which he shouldn't be doing. But Wagner, his shots not following either. But he is bringing bringing the action to the rim instead of just settling. So uh, UK's. Potential guard targets not playing well. One's a commitment. Wagner's a target. Not playing particularly great. Edwards was really good though. Um, he I think finished with. Well, let me get a stats up here for you in a second. Yeah, it, yeah. To your point though, it was only it was only day one yesterday. So day, plenty yesterday plenty of basketball still be played. Day two yesterday. Well, well, their second game. It was okay. Two games one day. Wagner Dillingham have played twice and Edwards as well. Edwards finished 17 points, 13 rebounds and hit two of uh, six threes. And they beat Dillingham's team in a close game. Dillingham, 10 points, three assists, four or three rebounds, four assists, three of 12 from the field, one of eight from three in a losing effort. And then Wagner was 14 points. Five rebounds, four assists, six of seventeen from the field. Oh, three from the three-point line. So, not not great three-point shooting numbers between the three of them. If you add it all up, that would be three of seventeen among those players from behind the arc. Not ideal, but I don't put again. It's an AAU basketball tournament. AAU ain't the prettiest basketball you're ever going to get. You are going up against good talent. Make no mistake about that. 
But a bad shooting night's a bad shooting night. It does happen. So I'm not overly concerned about that. I'm not either. It's it's one tournament. It's a big one, but also uh, this is where we thought Quade Green was going to be a really good point guard because of the way he played at the Beach Jam. Like, yeah, he debatably was like better than Tremont Waters and Trey Young and uh, right, Shaden like, Alexander was even an afterthought. I don't even know if he played at the Peach Jam. So, yeah, yeah you're, like, you you don't want to. Um, it, it's 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 like drafting the guy who had the really good NCAA tournament run, like when the Heat got Shabazz Napier, uh, just yeah. to try to make LeBron happy. That recency bias is is don't don't be a a, a captain in the moment. You know, don't don't let that spoil your brain. And Justin, the way AU tournaments work, nobody's going to be surprised if Dillingham drops 30 today and, you know, looks great. That's true. I was actually sitting here thinking maybe he just needs Jacob in, in attendance with his UK shirt. He's got a point. Jacob, what do we have to do like to, what we have to, do to get North Augusta? Eight, I think. Get uh, you down to North Augusta as soon as possible. Uh, we need a flight and a cover shift at the club. Mm. Can't I'm fly good. down there. That's that's it's like North Augusta. They don't they don't you don't fly airplanes into North Augusta. Then they have need like somewhere around a couple there. hundred bucks and a car rental. And why can't you take your car? <laughs> because my car has like two hundred and thirty five thousand miles, and I don't oh. trust it going down what's, there. Well, what's months. five thousand more miles? You're, you're no. What's what's like eight hundred more miles? How, wait, how far do you think North Augusta is? Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I, I went way too much there for a second. But no, it'd be like uh, 800 there and back probably, right? Like 350 miles, 400 miles? Not 5,000. Yeah, yeah. I got. I, 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 I slowly reeled that one back in. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's probably about right, though. I would, yeah. I would guess somewhere in that ballpark. Anybody doing the, daily, the, the double dip, going to Peach Jam, and then coming over to SEC Media Days or vice versa? I don't think so. I did it once and I regret it. <laughs> it was not fun. Yeah, you're down there. You're yeah, the it, was ex- it was exhausting. Yeah, it's pro- it's probably only now it's not as bad. It was in Birmingham. That's a much farther drive. Now it'd probably only take me like an hour and a half to get there. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, so there's your uh, Nike EYBL update. It's um, looking, looking good for Edwards. And so then it's does Wagner want to join? Dillingham and Edwards, or does he want to play with Zan Payne? Hmm. And no disrespect to Zan Payne. He actually may graduate after this year. I'm not 100% sure how much. I mean, it seems like he's been in college for 15 years at this point. But that's going to be a decision Wagner's going to need to make. Do I want to go play with some other lottery picks every single day going up against these guys? Or do I want to play with Kamari Lance? You may be asking, who's Kamari Lance? Exactly. That's a, that's a decision DJ Wagner is going to have to make for himself. Text on in 502-414-1450. What else happened yesterday we haven't got to, Roush, that you need to discuss? Um, I'm trying to think here. Oh, um, on the why you think real quick. On the on the notes of recruiting, Uganda Kingsley, is you going to visit Oklahoma? Uh, that's weird. Yeah. Travis Kraft and other experts are saying, don't worry about this. He probably actually will visit Oklahoma, but he will still be a Kentucky Wildcat. So I guess this is a throw a bone visit or something along those lines. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Wanted to be as um, as as painless as possible to get another five-star center 
on Kentucky's campus. Um, the the other big news yesterday, Bush's Beans. We're going to see a lot of Bush's Baked Beans commercials on the SEC Network. The new partners can't believe they didn't bring beans to the SEC Media Days. Really missed an opportunity. Not even, didn't even bring the dog, Duke. Like, come on. What, what are you doing, Bush's Didn't Duke beans? die? I thought he died. Oh, you mean they, they only have one dog that does all the stuff? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, if they were going to bring Duke, it wouldn't have been the actual Duke. Well, but they have—they probably have like seven Dukes. It's like having seven Uggas. Do you have seven Dukes? I have one. And my then why would you? Ass- why would Duke. you assume they have multiple? Then because he's not a dog, you dumbass. <laughs> Jesus, Justin. Doesn't the dog know all the secrets to the recipe? Exactly. Oh, I bet they didn't want to tell. They were worried he would tell people the secret recipe. So they killed him. <laughs> No, he died of natural causes. They killed him, and then they said, we'll get another dog that looks just like him, and then now look what they've started. They've had to have the Duke Bush Bean dog for decades now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, if you talk, they kill you. That's, mm-hmm. that's the Bush Bean promise. Oh, man. That's exciting. Well, we got beans for SEC Media Days. Oh, man. Beans for everybody. Yep. All right, Roush, well, if you need to get out of here, you can. I'm going to hit the, the text line. But Hit up the Thornton's text line, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll be back uh, tomorrow. So follow along for everything. It's going to be a good, a fun day, too, over down here in Atlanta. More outrage, right? Oh. Ah! I'll People see you. Yeah, see you later. Nick Roush, everybody. And Mark Soups will speak tomorrow as well, which will be a good time. We'll see what he's got to say. Not generally like the most newsworthy, noteworthy quote at SEC Media Day, but I'm sure we'll get a piece of news, probably regarding Chris Rodriguez, but that's tomorrow, so uh, be patient. A texter, 502-414-1450, says, I am now the proud pop of a new puppy. I'm also a spineless coward that can't say no to my wife. My eight-year-old dog has looked at me with pure disdain and disappointment ever since we brought the pup home. What can I say? I'm a sucker for love. I mean, did the texter have to put a picture on there? Like, that's all I'm longing for in my life as a puppy. And the picture just does not help matters. But if your wife does, or if you don't want it, I'll take it. Scooch, you don't need to be taking care of a little life. Are you kidding me? I would be the best dog dad. Uh, Because I can't have one in my apartment. So I've got to wait till I move, which is hopefully soon. Are the rumors true you may be moving over to the sunny side of the river? Absolutely not. That will likely never happen. You work over here. For now. Whoa! Sheesh. I've I've been looking. I've been looking. Looks like we'll need to be looking for a new radio producer, it sounds like. Why? You just said that you're not going to be working. No, I've I've been looking at getting another bill-paying job. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, radio doesn't pay that your your bills aren't fifty dollars a no, month. No, no, <laughs> doesn't cut it. Oh, that's a really cute dog. Congrats! Um, gosh, my dog who's laying right next to me right now has just been so needy and dependent since the baby. <laughs> uh, and it's like the baby can like start crawling and moving and like you know can start doing more things. He's even he's gotten worse and just like how needy he is and attention, how much attention he needs. But how old is Abe? Abe is like eight. Oh, okay. So yeah. maybe maybe when Lucy gets to be about like three or four, she can take care of his needs. Well, she'll like pet him and stuff, and he's 
sweet about it. Like, you know, he doesn't bite her face off or anything like that. But like he just when we're talking baby talk to Lucy or something along those lines, he'll have to come jump up on us and try to get in between us. And jealous. Like, he knows. Yeah, he's jealous. He knows we're not talking to him, but he still has to do it. It's uh, it's it's I love this dog, but it's incredibly annoying. And then, like, he'll whine all the time now because I don't know if he hears the baby crying. So he thinks, like, oh, okay, so this is what we're doing now. <laughs> and, like, he's, he's, he's regressing as an older dog when older dogs, I think, should be getting less needy. Oh, well. he's just We babied him his whole life. It's just been such a change of pace. A texture says, pitch and putt course, not that much fun to watch for me regarding the open. That's a good point. It is a – it is – if you're not a huge golf fan, it is very much a pitch and putt course. Absolutely. I know this this falls along the, that same line, but like people were having chances to drive greens though. So like several greens, yeah. Yeah, and again, if you're not driving the green though, what does it make it? A pitch and a putt. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I get it. I was I, I enjoyed it though. And even though folks were scoring well and, and taking advantage of the course, it made for a really, really fun Sunday who had to get aggressive, who had to play conservatively, and playing conservatively did not work out. Hot take, though. I am not a huge fan of there being that many drivable par fours. I th think, think they should lengthen the course up if that's the case. I don't think they can. Yeah, I don't think so either. But, yeah, a lot of people are thinking that they're being, you know, St. Andrews, you're not going to see it. Anytime, anytime soon. I could be wrong about that, though. A texter says, my parents were dinguses for going to both ceremonies for sure. But at the time, they split ceremonies by majors. An example, business majors had a different ceremony than someone in arts and science. That does make sense that they do it. I think our mindset was like, they do these at Rupp Arena. They're ginormous. They're doing those multiple times a day. Uh, I guess potentially so. But that I would have to I think that's how it was at Indiana, too. It was separ separated by school. I mean, it does make sense to do it that way. I just, whew, having to sit through two of those. God bless your parents. It'd be tough. Are you going to walk, Jacob, when that day comes? Yeah, I'm going to walk. Will your parents make you, or do you just want to? No, I, I kind of want to. Good. Good for you. I want to be on Ruparina's floor for as long as I can be. Shoot some hoops out there. Did you? Uh, are you? Are your brothers older? Or what, what's your sibling situation, intern Jacob? Let's learn more about the intern. We got. I got twin brothers. Oh, nice. No. So they're both headed to EKU this fall. So they're younger. Younger, yes. Okay. Do they listen to Kentucky Roll Call? No, I highly oh. doubt it. Unbelievable. <laughs> they don't know. They don't. Yeah, they'd just be confused. Unbelievable. Not even supporting Big Bro. Do you beat him up? Um, I have before. It'd probably be tougher <laughs> now. Two on one? They're, they're getting kind of big. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, good. Well, good. All right. A texter says, I don't frequent Burger King, but there's nothing wrong with a classic Whopper. Those with child palates can disregard. Cough, TJ. Hey, grow up. If I went to Burger King, it wouldn't have been for a Whopper, obviously. I'm not a maniac. But it would have been probably for a chicken sandwich. But, Justin, yeah, I could see you being a Whopper guy. No, I'm actually with you on this, DJ. I have never had a Whopper. Never. I've never had one either. Wow. I've only ever had one Big Mac. By the text line's logic, you're unbelievable. You got to go get one. Just too much. It's just too much. 
little guys can't eat that much. I kind of agree with you. Some of these advertising for like their burgers just looks like that. Not only you can't fit it all in one hand, like to put it in your mouth. What, what are we? What are we doing here? Yeah. They don't look appetizing. I want something that's handheld, going to be delicious, and not have like a million different things come flying off the second I take a bite into it. That's how I feel about <laughs> Hardee's. I've never been to Hardee's for that exact reason. I, I like Hardee's. This is totally true. Not just like you know, having some fun with advertising. That's one thing I love about Salsaritas is I don't go to other places hardly ever anymore. I mean, I can't remember the last time I did, but their burritos, other places, burritos break apart where it's like, what's yeah. the way to get a burrito, not just like a, a burrito bowl or a taco salad? Because the second you bite into it, there's rice and there's lettuce and there's pico and everything, chicken's falling out. It's like, I got to put it on a plate now and basically unravel it and eat like a, a wrap. Which is fine, but it's also Rita's. Those things are tight. Yeah, they pack them tight, and they don't break apart, which is really good. Another texter on the Thornton's text line says, "Soup saying Soup says he's willing to surrender a portion of his salary to help out with Nil." Speaks volumes about him. Shows he takes great pride in being the football coach of Kentucky. He had some other quotes as well regarding just Nil, other things like that, and this was from I think the Cats Buzz. But he he understands the importance of nil in UK's position right now. And it worries me maybe a little bit that he's being more vocal about it because it makes me think, is UK slipping behind or is he worried that that's what's going to happen? Or maybe he's just, hey, we haven't slipped behind yet, but if we don't really start moving, we will. But he's being more vocal about the fact that people need to step up in nil. And I like Texter, as you said, I like seeing some of the accountability of him saying, I'll even do it some myself, but but we need some help. He mentioned if UK doesn't get this nil stuff figured out, everything that they've worked towards the last nine or ten years could go away. And that's true. Like, this is a great kind of equalizer, quote-unquote. I'm using that word maybe a little loosely, but it, it can be an equalizer or it can be a huge deterrent to your football program. And Soups is, after a year being really proactive. And I don't know if he just didn't want to ruffle Barnhart's feathers or he didn't know himself, but it seems like now he knows what's allowed and what's not allowed. And he is pushing for the dollar dollar bills. That is great that he's willing to do that. And I, I love that about Stoops, but every freaking coach in the country should be doing that exact same thing. If Neil's that important to your program, which it is. I think for any, you know, if you're a team of a, if you're a fan of a team and a, Power conference, it's 100,000% is. Like, you got to get that stuff. You got to get ahead of the curve on that stuff. And I, I have no idea where the curve is and where UK is in that regard. But at least Stoops is now starting to speak out more about it. That'll get more dollars into the program, I'm sure. A texture um, says, or what do you got, Jacob? Well, real quick, I, I wanted to ask this earlier. He muted Wait, himself. One, one yeah. thing not to do when you're going to ask a question <laughs> mute your microphone. <laughs> I didn't even I don't even know how I did that. But um okay, Stoops era, same teams, if we're in a different conference, same talent level, do we make a college playoff appearance? Depends the conference, but like if Kentucky's in the ACC this past season or twenty eighteen, yeah, I think they're making the college football playoff. A, a tough hypothetical because like whose schedule are you taking over and stuff like that. But right. Yeah, I I think so. I I, I do. Um Big 12, maybe not. The defense last year, eh, I don't know. Big 12 in 2018, I guess I would have to look at it. But 
last year they could have, but the secondary is kind of tough. So in the Big 12, they probably maybe would have dropped a game because of an air raid or something like that. Pac-12, I don't think they would have had too many issues last season. So I do. I think if they're in a different conference, they probably would have at least had a college football playoff or been in a conference championship game with that on the line. Texter says, listening on podcasts, I'm sure someone calls you out later in the show, TJ. Nobody did, buddy. Not a single person. <laughs> G.D. Jackson is a 6'9 power forward. You referred to him as guard about 700 times in your spiel. Do better. You do better. And secondly, he says, that's the first time you ignored my text, so I'll let it slide, but I enjoy calling out Nick for information, and this one was TJ, so I'll copy and paste it for a second try. This proves I'm not biased against Nick. Okay, well, you do have evidence of that. But you texted that initial text in on Friday at 5.15. Like, no duh got lost in the shuffle, buddy. It was during the Mike Rutherford show. It was before a weekend. We had a bunch of texts over the weekend. It was going to be tough to find that one. Secondly, yeah, I, 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 was, I was totally wrong. I'd like to say maybe I was just getting Ian Jackson mixed up in my head. I don't know. Uh, you talk for two hours every day. Sometimes you'll just go on rants where you're mispronouncing a, or you're 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 misinforming everybody what position a player plays. But apologies for that, and thank you for correcting it. We got to get that stuff right. By the way, missed a couple texts. I am thinking about starting a new football league. It will be an eight-game season. All games will end after three periods. Should be great. Oh, a little a little joke at the live. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one says i've only ever had it from one location but the spicy chicken premium chicken sandwiches from burger king is the best chicken sandwich i've ever had and i've had it from this location many times i know how insane that sounds but worth a shot that is insane but like stuff like that makes me kind of want to go just try i want to you know you got to try different chicken sandwiches to know which one has the good the good ones i'll be going to burger king today if that's the actual truth I will be getting the chicken because there's no way that it's better than a Chick-fil-A sandwich. It's just, Prob that's no way. Probably easier to eat than it is to say. I, uh, <laughs> well, send, a, send a picture of what it looks like on the KRC Twitter page or the Facebook page. Insert. I can do that. I'm, in, I'm interested to see what it looks like, but yeah, sorry. I missed those texts. Glad you got back to those scoots. Um, a texter says, so Justin Edwards is about to be a cat, right? If Cal gets his power class, do you think the momentum in recruiting and being the cool school is going to ship back to Kentucky? If so, how is that going to change if Cal leaves after the next couple seasons? That's a good question. Layered question there. Secondly, or firstly, Justin Edwards says he already knows where he's going. He's excited to share it with everybody on Monday. It's going to be UK. So that's great. Kentucky still possibly could get one of the best recruiting class, if not the best recruiting class of all time. It remains on the table when you already – it's July and you have a class that has Dillingham, Edwards, and Reed Shepard, who would be the afterthought in that class. And most classes would be like the number one or the number two recruit. So that's good. You still want Wagner. You're still going after some folks on the front court. A lot of options in those regards. I don't think the cool school – nil is going to play a huge factor in the quote-unquote cool school and if places like duke kentucky kansas they keep giving their folks nil and their players are happy and comfortable and making lots of money they're going to always be the cool school and that will survive coaches assuming who uk comes in prioritizes nil and make sure they're people are just going to want to make money so if you can do if you can make more money at uk they're going to always be a recruiting power and that shouldn't change between coaches, assuming the next coach at least embraces that stuff, which I don't think you I don't I don't think you can ignore it. 
You could, you, you could, and you're going to have, you have Kenny Payne saying it and you have Cal saying it. Now, I, I don't, I don't want players coming here that are only wanting, looking at nil dollars or looking for, for, for nil. That's fine. You can say all that stuff all the time, but that's going to be, that's king. So I think UK should be coach proof, assuming the coach isn't a total dingus. Yeah. Everybody's looking for nil. I mean, it's money. How can you not say you're not looking for nil? Yeah. It matters. It matters, and UK should always be in a good spot with that. That's why if people wanted to start paying college athletes, it was going to be fine by me. And really, where you see UK in the Calipari era, where they struggled, I'm using quotes around struggle, because, what, they went to number two in the country, number three in the country in recruiting. Uh, Other people were paying players when it was not legal, and you didn't have nil in that little three- or four-year stretch where Kentucky, I think, was trying to play by the rules as much as they could, but you're just missing out on some guys. I text her, this Kirby. I'm like you, and I tell myself to not get triggered about UK football takes every year. Then fools like Michael Bratton, don't forget the W, he doesn't. <laughs> Michael W. Bratton. Speak, and I'm fully gone again. Worst part is that Feinbaum agreed with them. When will SEC coaches step up in our defense? At some point, it's just absolutely crazy the takes people have just because we don't we are Kentucky, fifth in the SEC East, huge dogs to Florida and Tennessee, losing to Mississippi and Mississippi State. And also, don't forget, UK has owned South Carolina, but they're going to beat us too. What a turd burglar. I hope Stoops goes in at media day. See, that's the thing, Kirby. It's just one dude's opinion. And he's wrong. And he's wrong all the time. So don't let it, don't let it get you too worked up, buddy. A texter says the spoiler was obvious. The texter sends in a better call Saul spoiler. And it's just, it's not an action thing necessarily. It's just something that happens. We all knew that was happening, texter. We all knew it was going to happen. And then they just did it. And they did it pretty much the way we thought it was going to go down. A texter says, is the golf scramble finalized? Absolutely not. I knew it was coming. <laughs> when we brought up golf, I knew it was coming. I'd love for it to be finalized. I'd love nothing more to be promoting it every single day, but it's it's just it's it's not. So it's not finalized yet. The Florida game is the most important of the season because of a fan involvement. Kentucky football fans seem to drop off after a loss and stop coming to games not named Georgia. The home field advantage last year was so important for the Florida and LSU games. It's the loudest I've ever heard Commonwealth Stadium. Yeah, but the Missouri game was also a wild atmosphere and incredibly loud too. But I disagree with you a little. If they lose to Florida, I don't think like when Kentucky has Mississippi or South Carolina come to town, that would be their next big, that would be their next big home game. After that, they'd have a couple cupcakes, go to Ole Miss. And then you get South that like the crowd would be packed. It would be, it'd be a great crowd. And the same with the Mississippi state game the following week, you know, assuming the weather's nice as well. Disagree a little bit, Texter. John here. Good morning, everyone. Week two is the most important to me. If we win and we win by 10 plus, we are telling everyone and we are just different. We are your grandpa. We aren't your grandpappy's wildcats. Got to do some proofreading on these text messages, John. I know we've been proving that for the last few years, but the media likes to pounce on as soon as they can. If we lose, you definitely can see the narrative coming quickly. I believe we will either go undefeated or 11 and 1. And yes, we're beating Georgia. And by the way, suck at Louisville. Got to go talk to you later. 11 and 1, be a good season. I hope you're right. Or undefeated. I take that as well. And the preseason stuff, till Kentucky wins the SEC East, 
it, you're going to probably keep having it. I don't. I, I'm a little surprised by it this year with the quarterback people we're excited about, but it's still happening. Just goes to show it'll probably continue to happen. I have two fellas and a lady ready to roll for the roll call scramble. Do we have a date? No, we do not. We most certainly do not. Intern Dingus needs to learn volume control. Come on, dude. Get it together. Kidding. You're all right, but suck it anyways. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that, but I'll try and control my volume for you, texter. <sighs> got to move some pace here. Coach O won so much there, he got fired. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. That's my. That's kind of why the LSU job is, is what it is. Is this, your son the dog? Yeah. <laughs> Using your analogy of playing with talent on golf, how about DJ with the other two Kentucky guards at work cutting it short? Uh, oh, yeah, well, we kind of actually ended up talking about that, didn't we? Burger King spicy chick, chick, king chicken sandwich might be the most underrated chicken sandwich anywhere. Everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening. This has been Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio.